Well, good morning, church. I'm excited today. Amen. What a blessing I get to share God's word with you. Amen. Before I get into the word, uh, I was watching our church online, you know, the headquarters in Ghana, and there was a very colorful and a very beautiful ceremony commemorating our presiding bishop's 60th birthday. Amen. I wanted to tell you guys on Wednesday after Bible study, but some way, somehow it did escape me. But I know most of you are on social media and those of you on our page, you saw you saw the news and, and him being flooded with lots of love. So we thank God for his life. Uh, we bless God for his life. Uh, attaining to 60 is no small feat. Amen. So we, we are thankful to God for his leadership. And, and we are thankful to God too for him being a gift to the body of Christ and to the world at large, especially to the church, ICC, where we are all part of and we are family, amen. So we want to wish our dear presiding bishop a happy, happy birthday. Uh, God bless him. He's now a sexagenarian, amen, uh, 60. And, and we bless God for that. We pray him more years, more strength, more grace, and more peace. Amen. So if you do get time, pop in and then watch the service. Very colorful, nice, and uh, well celebrated, and he deserves it. Amen. So we thank God for our presiding bishop. Oh, God, God has blessed him with another year to his year, and this time is a milestone. Amen. And he's also celebrating 43 years in ministry. So he started preaching at 17. Amen. I pray to God that all of us will be able to have mouths ahead in serving God. What a blessing. Uh, it's, it's, it really encourages me to keep on keeping on. Amen. So we thank God for that. So now we're right here in America, uh, the branch. We are also going to have our service. Amen. And we trust that God is going to bless us accordingly. So last week, we resumed our series on the book of John. Uh, the Lordship of Christ, and this is volume four. And the purpose of this teaching is to establish in heart and mind the divinity of Christ. If there is any topic that is of the essence and very foundational and key to our very existence in the Christian work uh, and for us to even progress and, and mature in the image and in the likeness of Christ, it is this very topic of Jesus as Lord. It's not just a good man. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a healer. He's not just known as the son of Mary, but he is God. There is a divinity of Christ that we have to know. Amen. And throughout scriptures, uh, scriptures prove that and has given many witnesses and evidences. Amen. When we come to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, our worship experience becomes richer. Anybody who has a rich worship experience has come to the conclusion that Jesus is Lord. That's why the Bible says in Daniel chapter 10, verse 32, be, they that know they are God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. So last week, we, we started from our long hiatus and we are on part 62 Today we are on part 63, but last week we started part 62 from John chapter 14, 
verses 1 to 4, and we, we ministered under the sub-theme, The Great Hope. And from the four verses, we, we learned some powerful truths. Uh, believing in God and Christ keeps our hearts free from trouble. You know, Jesus started with verse 1, that let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, why did Jesus have to say believe in me? He was saying that I am in the same class, the same breath, and I have the same divine status as God. So Jesus was not talking as a man then. Because if Jesus says believe in me, then he would have abrogated the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. That says that cursed is the one that puts his trust in the arm of flesh. So when Jesus is saying that put your trust in me or believe in me, he's saying, I am God. Believe in me. And when you believe in me, your hearts will not be troubled. In the disciples' context, Jesus was about to die. And that was very troubling. It was very unsettling for the disciples. But Jesus says that if you want to keep your heart from trouble and come to a place whereby you are by the still waters, learn how to believe in God and believe also in me. And we, we further on uh, exclamated our, our verse with Psalm 37, where David, who also experienced threatens or anxiety. And the key to him becoming still was trust in the Lord, dwell in the land and do good and feed on his faithfulness. You know, when we trust God, it is a statement that we are feeding on his faithfulness, his track record. If God has done it once, he will do it again. So let's learn how to trust God. That's hope. So in our current context, whatever that we are facing, you know, there might not be too much good news uh, uh, to laugh about. There's not too much to write at home about. But whatever be the situation, learn how to trust God. When you trust God, your emotions will be anchored to Christ and you will be stable and solid. Amen. The second great hope is that there is a dwelling place for every born-again Christian. Never forget that. It's not a fantasy. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place. I'll come and get you guys back. In my father's house, there are many mansions. There are many dwelling places. There are many rooms. So a Christian has a future. And the future is one day we will be with our father at the end of this age. The third hope is that God didn't judge us by our present reality or our predicaments. His large heart afforded us to experience salvation because of his son's death. You know, God could have left us to rot. He could have left us to die. He could have left us to the error of his ways. But despite everything, God still loved us, that he sent his son Jesus so that all of us will experience an inclusion package. That's why we need to preach the gospel and let people know this gospel is good news because when God was preparing his dwelling place, he had you in mind. Amen. So we thank God for that. Today, we want to continue and switch gears to verses 4 to 6. And I'm ministering under the sub-theme, I am. 
I am, part seven. Now, um, I've said that one of the unique things about the book of John is there are certain emphatic and bold sayings of Christ which promotes his divinity. Amen. And these things, they go further to prove his lordship. Uh, so, so far in the book of John, when we started, we have done six I am's. The first I am was in John chapter 6 when he says, I am the living bread. And when Jesus did a miracle by feeding 5,000 families, it's not just men, men that represent families, 5,000 families with five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus was making a statement that I am the one that can give you satisfaction. He used that opportunity to talk to them about him being the source of life. When you eat of me, you will experience eternal life. So Jesus represented himself to them as the brother. I am the only one that can give you satisfaction. Not this food, me. Therefore, if you eat of me and if you drink of me, you will have eternal life. So it's through Jesus that we can experience eternal life. And that's why he called himself the living bread. The second I am was in John chapter 8, where Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus saying in John chapter 8 meant he was God. I am in the same class, in the same breath as God. In fact, you are looking at God. So the Israelites knew God as I am. When Moses delivered the people from Egyptian captivity, the first name they knew of God was I am. Moses asked, what should I tell Pharaoh he, uh, to, to let him know that you have sent me to deliver his people? God replied to Pharaoh, tell Moses, I am has sent you. So that was the name. The first name they knew of God is I am. I am that I am. And I am that I am presented himself to the people of Israel during the wilderness and throughout the whole Old Testament. And Jesus was saying those acts, those manifestations were me. Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus in the flesh was in his 30s. But divinely speaking, he was there before the foundation of the world. During Abraham's time, he was there. And that's why he could boldly say that Abraham saw my days and he rejoiced. So Jesus is saying, I am God. I and the Father are one. I am God. So I'm not just a prophet, but I am God. The third I am that we saw was in John chapter 9. He says, I am the light of the world. And the Bible lets us know that he healed a blind man who couldn't see. And when Jesus did that, what he was saying was, I am the light of the world. In me, there is no darkness. 
And one of the ways by which you dispel darkness is by preaching the gospel. So Jesus came to this dark world and he himself became the gospel. That is why he is the light of the world. The fourth I am was in John chapter 10. I am the door. And Jesus was saying that through me exclusively that you can be saved. And it's only through me that you can come to God. No one. You can't go to God through any other means. You can't go to God through Buddha. You can't go to God through Muhammad. You can only come to God through Jesus. Amen. I am the door of the sheep. And Jesus said, if you do not enter by the door, you are a thief and a robber. Amen. The fifth I am is in John chapter 10 again. He says, I am the good shepherd. And why did Jesus say, I am the good shepherd? Because he laid down his life for us. So Jesus dying on the cross, that which is commemorated every Easter weekend, that is him being the good shepherd. Because he just doesn't fight against wolves, but he will lay down his life for us. And in this case, he laid down his life and exchanged our death for his life. Amen. So that we can live. And then the sixth I am is in John chapter 11. When he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. So it's in Christ that we can experience true living and eternal life. Amen. So with that said, let's now go to our text for today. John chapter 14, verses 4 to 6. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. So now, I believe you remember the, the last three verses we read last week. Jesus was talking about I'll go and prepare a dwelling place because in my father's house there are many dwelling places and I will come back for you. That's the great hope. So now Jesus is continuing his statement by saying that where I am going, you know. And the way you know. So if you have a Bible, you can underline the way. He says, and the way you know. And where I go, where I go, you know. Five. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Father, bless the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, um, Jesus was still in a discourse with his people. Mind you, all this was the Thursday nights because Jesus died on a Friday. Okay, so he had finished the Lord, the, what we properly call the Lord's Supper or the Last Supper. He had, had a meal with them. Very soon he will die. 
Now, before he dies, he entered into a series of conversations with them. And this was one of them. He told them, in my father's house are many mansions. I'll go prepare a place and I'll come back for you. And then he, he told his disciples that where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. And why did Jesus say that? Because, mind you, Jesus has spent three years of ministry with these people who were reportedly 12. And what Jesus did was to talk to them about the Father. So by three years, they had a sense or they had a certain acquaintance of who the Father was. And that's why he says that where I go, you know, is going to the Father. He's made known the Father to them in his teachings and through parables. And, he's, and he then said that, and the way you know. He was now referring to himself as the way. You can't go to the Father's presence. You can't go to the Father's place unless you go through me. Now, it caused Thomas to ask a question. Because he was thinking quite less, like, we don't know where you are going. And how can we know the way? And this is where Jesus gave one of his popular sayings, which is our seventh saying in the book of John. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, Jesus didn't say, I am the way. Jesus didn't say, I am truth. And Jesus didn't say, I am life. He added T-H-E to all the three to make sure that we know that he is the exclusive and no one else. So Jesus said that I am the way. We can't go to heaven. And if you believe in heaven, there is no way you can go to heaven or have an encounter with God until you accept Jesus as the way. And that's what Jesus came to say. It will sound controversial. And these were the messages that he will preach to the Pharisees and to the uh, Jews as a mass audience, and they will want to kill him because it sounded so controversial. The Jews wanted to look for other ways. They wanted to look at the law. They wanted to look at ceremonies. They want to look at tabernacle worship through which they could go to their father or through which they will enjoy the sweet by and by or their destiny, which was called heaven because the Jews casually believed in that. And they called it Abraham's bosom. But Jesus is saying that for you to go to heaven, or even for that matter, go to a place called Abraham's bosom, you will have to go through me. So in John chapter 14, Jesus is, is trying to change the perception of how these disciples have seen him. They knew him as a great teacher. They knew him as a friend. They knew him as their master. Uh, they, they knew him as a miracle worker. They, they knew him in all sorts of ways. But Jesus is shifting their perspective that you have to see me in the right way before I go on the cross. I am the way. 
and I am the only way to the Father. You will not go through a high priest. You will not go through temple worship. You will not go by observing some laws, but you will go through me because I am the way. And Jesus, this is the word that he's given to us, that he is the way to the Father. Today, there are many people who want to know God. Many people want to know God. But unfortunately, many people have missed the way to God. Something they will know God through Buddha. Something they will know God through a mediator. Something they will know God through reading some books. Some even think they will know God through reading the Apocrypha, that is, uh, books that were not canonized of the Bible. Some people think they will, they will know God through going on a, a truth search. You will see some people saying that, I, I am a truth seeker. I seek for the truth. But today, you don't have to look further than John chapter 14. And that's why people who want to find God through no other means than Jesus, they keep searching and searching, and they are not coming to their veritable conclusion that there is a God. But today, if you want to know there is God, Jesus says that I am the way to the Father. If you will want to experience God, if you will want to know that God really exists and he is real, the only way by which we can go to God our Father is through Jesus. And he says that I am the way. I am the way. You can't pass by any other means than through me. There are many religious figures, but none of them will be able to show God to you. Why? Because of John chapter 1. Let's read John 1. John chapter 1, verse 14 to 18. And Jesus is called the Word. And the Bible says that, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. 15. Job bore witness that, this man is preferred before me, for he was before me. Do you know the funny thing? John was older than Jesus six months. But John could see that my younger brother, who I'm older than six months, is older than me. He is before me. How did he know that? Verse 16. Of his fullness we have all received grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 18 is my keyword. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, let me look at verse 18 in another version. 
No one has ever seen God, neither, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, had made him known. So based on this, Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. I am the way to the dwelling place of God. Why? Because I am God and I have a closer relationship with him. That's the only reason. Many of the human intermediaries can't say so. They might claim to have a relationship, but they are not God, but not Jesus. And the Bible lets us know in Philippians chapter 2 that though he was God, equal with God, he thought in a robbery. But yet he humbled himself and descended to, to become a, a man of low estates and just to be like us, took on the form of man. That he's not God. Jesus is the way. He came to prove it. I am the way. I am the way to the Father. If you want to experience the reality and the existence of God, you have to go through me. But that's not happening. That's why many people are experiencing a dead God. That's why many people try and try and God becomes very elusive. But ladies and gentlemen, if you and I will want to experience the reality of God, we want to know that God is really real indeed. We will have to come through Jesus. Who is the way? He is the way to the Father and he is the way to heaven. There are some people who say that I believe in the sweet by and by. I believe there is life after death. But the way to go through to experience life after death is to go through Jesus. He is the way. Amen. Then he said, I am the truth. And what Jesus is saying that I am more than a fact. You know, truth and facts can be different at times. Because sometimes facts can be based on appearance. But truth is bigger than fact. Truth is normally based on reality. It, it has an objective. It's an objective reality. Amen. So what Jesus is saying that I'm not a mirage. I am the true image of the Father. And when we when we when we read further into John chapter 14, Jesus now says that if you want to see the Father, look at me. If you see me, you have seen the Father. Just like we read in John chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus came to declare to us who the Father is. That was Jesus. So Jesus walking on this earth for 33 years, he just came to give us an idea, a picture, and paint to us the character of who God is. So when Jesus healed, he was showing to us the character of God, which means that God is a healer. When Jesus prayed, he was showing to us the character of God, which means that God cares for our welfare, because pray, praying in that instance is about welfare. When Jesus delivered, he was showing the character of God as a deliverer. 
So Jesus says that I am more than a shadow. I'm more than a substance. I'm real. I am the true image of the Father. If you see me, you have seen the Father. That's why I am the truth. Not a truth, but I am the truth. I am the real one because I declare to you the Father. I embody the physical existence of God the Father. That is why I am the truth. And Jesus then went on to say something. I am the life. He didn't say, I am life. He says, the life. And it's talking about eternal life here. You can't tell me you have experienced life until you have experienced eternal life. You may have money. You may be blowing time. You may live in the best mansions. You may drive the nicest cars. And you may say, I'm blowing life. But Jesus once said something. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? but loses his soul. You haven't experienced true life until you become the recipient of eternal life. And what is eternal life? Eternal life means that after this age is over, you are going to be part of the resurrection. Jesus Christ didn't come to give life. He is the life. And that is why when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have also become recipients of eternal life. That is what is called Zoe, the God kind of life. So Jesus came to give us eternal life. He came to give us eternal life so that when the end of this age occurs, you will still live on. And you will live on enough to become a candidate of the resurrection. Christ is more interested in us receiving eternal life than just blowing life here and having a good time here. And ladies and gentlemen, like I'll keep on saying, there's nothing wrong having a good time. But what is the point of having a good time here? Claiming you are enjoying life and you have experienced life when you haven't experienced the life. And that life will not come by any other means. It won't come by any other celebrity. It will come by Jesus. So Jesus right here in this scripture, he has narrowed down all the options to himself. He is boldly and emphatically saying that I am the way to the Father. I am the way to your eternal home. The home that I'm going to prepare a place, if you will want to go you have to go through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I'm more than a mirage. I'm better than Moses. I'm better than David. I'm better than all your fathers you hold in esteem. Because even though they might all, at one point in their life, enjoy some sort of relationship with my father, none of them had close physical proximity and none of them also experienced the depth of relationship I have experienced with the father. That's why I can call myself the truth. David can call himself truth. Solomon can call himself truth. Uh, Jacob can call himself truth. Moses can call himself truth, but they can't call themselves the truth because I am the truth. I haven't just 
had closer proximity and the closest of relationship which has depth with the father, I am also the father. And I came to represent him in physical shell on this earth. I am the truth. I am bigger than facts. I am actually real. I am an objective reality. And I am the life. I am the source of life. And that is why the first I am, Jesus said, was, I am the living bread. I am the bread that gives life. If you eat of me and drink of me, and drink is referring to the wine. If you drink of me, you will have life, which is eternal life. So Jesus, by this, is saying, I am the source of eternal life. Jesus, by this, is saying, I am the way to the Father. I am the way to our future home in heaven, which I promised I was going to prepare a place. And Jesus, by saying the truth, is saying, I am the exact representation of God the Father. I represent him in physical shell. I am more than a mirage. I am actually a real thing. So this morning, as we bring the message to a conclusion, it's all about Jesus. Of the I am's, I think this is the one that Jesus is like, this is the most exclusive. I restrict it and intentionally narrow it down just to myself. I am it. I am the way to the Father. You can't go to the Father through Muhammad. You can't go to the Father through John Smith. You can't go to the Father through Hare Krishna. You can't. Because if you try and go there, the further you will discover the unreality of God. Meanwhile, God is real. You will feel empty. You will feel hungry. You will feel opaque because you will feel that something is lacking in the worship. And for us to have a rich worship experience of God, it is very important for us to know who Christ is. And that's why this book of John is so important so that we will, just, we will not just know Christ and reduce him to a human being, a good prophet, a good teacher, and what have you. But we have to come to a place where we will see God as the way. And when I'm talking about God here, I'm talking about Jesus who is God. Until we see him as the way to God our Father, we will never be able to have a real worship experience of God. We have to know him as the truth. He's bigger than facts. Way bigger than facts. Facts sometimes can be deceiving because it can be based on appearance. But Jesus is bigger than facts. He's an objective reality. He's the true image, the physical exact representation of the Father. And he's the life. He came to give eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, it might be controversial, but we can do nothing against the truth. As we will see through scripture after scripture after scripture, and we will come to that veritable conclusion that Jesus is it. He's one of one. So nobody before him, there's nobody after him. 
If we want to make it to heaven, we go through him. If we want to experience the existence of the Father and experience the Father's love, we'll go through him. If we want to know the truth, who is the truth? So many religious figureheads are trying to say they are the truth, but who is the truth? Jesus is the truth because he is the exact representation of God. And I like John 1.18 so much. He has lived in the bosom of the Father and he has come to declare him to us. That's the truth. And he is the life because he is the only one that is the true source of eternal life. There are no toys on this earth. There is no luxury on this earth that can give eternal life save Jesus. This morning I present to you the way. I present to you the truth. I present to you the life. I am part seven. That's the one we serve. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We believe you are the way. And we will tread on this way to know you, God, the more. Experience a deeper worship of you. Experience your love. Experience your heart. Experience your character. Because we believe you are the way. Thank you, O oh Lord, that you are not a mirage. You are more than a mirage. You are truth. You are substance personified. You are the true physical exact representation of the Father. That makes you truth. And we thank you. Thank you that we will not put our trust in anything else, but only in you, O oh Lord. Thank you. We've come to the veritable conclusion that you are the Father. Thank you. And we thank you that you are the life. You give eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We who have gathered, we have experienced that. We were once dead in our trespasses senses, but you made us alive. And you have given us the Holy Spirit who has regenerated us to walk in the newness of life because you are the life. Father, we repent of trying to make things the sources of life. You are the true life. We thank you, O Lord. May we hold on to this testimony that rings true. May we hold on to this gospel. And Father, we pray for anybody that is searching, that is searching for God, that is searching for the meaning of life. May truth be presented to them. May the way be presented to them. May the life be presented to them. Thank you, O oh Lord. Make us ambassadors of this message that will be bold enough to speak it. And when we speak it, O oh Lord, we thank you that your boldness will be upon us and you will confirm your word with signs and wonders following that people will believe in you, will receive you, and will experience a rich worship experience knowing that of a truth, God, you are real. You are real. You are real. Thank you, O oh Lord. We embrace this. And as we embrace this, we embrace the realism of who you are in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you.